When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. CHO Bears podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up. Why is Lawrence looking at me weird? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. It seems like a weird day. It, it is a weird day in here. Straight weird day. Why is it weird? Can I think it every, everything about this day is weird. From It's Wednesday? It's because I'm here. Oh, Bragg's nope. is here. That's nope. right. Nope. Nope. Not, not just going to make it about Bragg. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Are you sure we're not going to make it about Bragg? There you guys go. saved me from the bricks today. Adam Hogue, Mark Carmen, Greg Braggs Jr., Lawrence Benedetto producing. What's up? Casey Stanahar in the distance. From a distance. Paul Agassi lurking. John, don't know his last name, most amazing Riskin. salesman in the history of the world is, is in the building. John Riskin. doesn't know his last name. John, John Riskin. John Riskin, thank you very much. I didn't know his last name at the top of my head. That's my bad. I'm more, trust me. The stranger in the Super Bowl he's not a Airbnb stranger. who he's, actually works here. He's the king of all kings. If there's yeah. one person that I would bet my life on, um, it would be Riskin. Okay. Not risky, but again, risky. what you're talking about. Yeah. Welcome into the show as Carm <laughs> just named happened. random people in the office that no one watching the show can actually see. And certainly people listening to the podcast can definitely not see. I'm telling you, the chat right now is in love with Risk and instantly the way I just nobody's saying Not a praises. single person has mentioned him in the chat. Nobody has. Nobody Welcome has. in. We are going to talk football Rude. today, not random people in the office. Um... <laughs> Eric Edholm's on the show today, which I'm really excited about. You know, he's emerged from the other side of the draft as we have, and we got to talk about some things. So for those who don't know Eric, which is probably 1% of our listeners, but Eric is the king of all draft. You can forget Mel Kuyper. You can forget literally anyone in draft world and the reporters. Take that, Ian Rappaport. Take that, M. Schefter. We got Edholm, and I'm fired up for Eric's visit today, and I got to tell you, I spent my morning watching Noah Sewell tape and everybody, I, I was hanging out in the Discord a little bit about it, and the Discord was telling me to go back to 2021 when apparently Sewell was dominant. Oh, yeah. He was. Okay. Was really good. Well, that was 2021. All right, this is 2023. I don't know what happened in 2022. I'm watching the tape today, and I'm thinking to myself, I don't see a quarter of Jack Sanborn. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> San God, I got your back if you're watching this show. You are not being replaced by Noah Sewell. I will I will bet my brick-by-brick brick hoodie on that, damn it, which I haven't bought yet, but I will. 
because I love you. <laughs> Don't need it. It's the uh, last day of hoodie season. Yeah, I'm I sure there's it. a reason to wear yeah. a hoodie at some point. Doubt that. It's going to be in the 60s now. Nope, 70s coming up. Trust me. Rise and shine, seventies. Okay. Anyway, uh, we get you're gonna defend defend your your baby boy sand god until the end of the earth. He's a great. Hey, as you should, as you should. He was a great story, and it's gonna be a fun competition at training camp. Listen, I was honestly going to the tape to get super excited about Stubel. I was I wanted to like be like, oh, I get it. This guy's a lunatic. He's not that fast. Okay. What? I'll stop talking. <laughs> no, I'm just Usually a good choice. He's not that fast. Are you going off his 40 time or how he plays? How he plays. Okay. He's not that fast. Okay. And he ain't that physical. Okay. There's a form, nice, nice form tackle. Grab the leg. I was expecting somebody to, to take someone's head off and run from sideline to side. That's why you're drafting a linebacker. That's all I'm saying. I could be wrong. I've only watched, you know, roughly six minutes of tape. There's there's a whole other career out there. Of, so you of could you could be wrong. I'm not saying and that. you didn't you watch know. 2021. And I I don't know what year I was watching. Whatever I watched, I was like, this can't be the dude. Where's yeah. the dude? Okay. Because I know that Ryan Poles is a genius. Pull trust in Poles, believe in Poles. I wish I was Ryan Poles. But what I watched, I was like, uh. Okay. Well, he's a fifth round pick, so you know, let's just. Relax. I was going to say, I just did not know the show was starting with Carm coming out swinging on a fifth round pick. <laughs> that, that, that was, that's just well, we're about to talk draft with that home. How, how about, um, did you check out any of the tape on Travis Bell? Yeah. Did you? You and Corey did a great job. Did we talk it up too much, Carm, or were you on board? Carm, stop listening. I'm 100% right. on board. I'm just realizing that um, right now this thing's recording everything I'm saying and it's DMing somebody that we don't want to DM. <laughs> Adam, Adam just gave the most ultimate death stare. So I'm deleting. Carm. I'm deleting it because it was no. Normally I get the death stare for talking too much while we're trying to work before the show starts, but Mark just got the ultimate death stare so from Adam. Hope. Everything Carm just ranted about was At going into Twitter. Twenty nine percent of which was just nonsense. Was for some reason your phone was on dictation mode, I guess, and it was dictating everything that you were saying into a long text, yes, which was going, which was gonna be accidentally sent to somebody you definitely did not want it sent to, yes, <laughs> one of the Bears draft picks. Oh, you are so lucky! Well played. <laughs> Oops, was it Noah? Sewell? Good save, was it Noah? Sewell? It was not Noah. Sewell. <laughs> It is a weird day. Lawrence was uh, right. Prison Mike says Hogan's going to trade Carm for a seventh round pick next year. You know what? I've I would take no, that right now, but nobody's even offering that. No trade. He's, it's called straight cut. Prison Mike, I'm headed to the prison with you, buddy. Let's uh, go. Uh, Tay asking where can I find Travis Bell's film? Uh, check out the CHGO Bears Twitter account at CHGO underscore Bears. Did did we talk it up too much or did you like it? No, I, 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 you did not talk it up too much, and I am super excited about rooting for a guy in Travis Bell. First goal is, honestly, you know, make the practice squad. That's your goal. Get on there. I think he's got a, I don't know, it's, it's his weight is tricky. Because, like, if he, I feel like he almost needs to get leaner 
um, to be effective because yeah. he can't be. He's not going to get be able to get big enough on that frame. So I'm, I don't know. Well, I the, think the, he's the, plenty big. He's he's wide enough. Right. For, I'm wondering if he's too wide. Well, he moves well at that size. But though. he does move well at that size, right? So I mean, I mean, we're really. And Daniel Trump in the chat, 30 reps at 225. That did stand out. There you um, go. Yeah. People are not, uh, you know, in the grading world of people looking at the draft, they're not in love with Travis Bell for the Bears, but we'll see what Eric at home has I just to say. find it interesting <clears throat> amongst Bears fans, you know, because you know me, I'm the wait and see guy. I'm excited to see these guys at camp, but more people are excited about Travis Bell than Jervon Dexter. One's a second-round pick. One's a seventh-round pick. I just find that really interesting. Well, he, he, here's what's – I mean, I, so many of these conversations we have about all these players, whether leading up to the draft or after the draft, it, it comes back to why this is all so hard to evaluate. I'm not just talking about us, especially us, but also these actual NFL teams, right? Because on one hand, you have Jervon Dexter's tape – that is not necessarily as dominant as Travis Bell's tape is, but one of them's playing FCS level football and sure. one of them's playing in the SEC. Sure. And one guy has a almost oddly an incredibly slow get off, but even as Corey and I were watching a tape, we're like, there's no way his get off's actually that slow. Did well, they just not get on him about this? I know the read and react thing. A hundred percent, but even beyond that, it's still slow. And so it's like, it's got to be better than that. So can the bears get that out of him? And if they can, you're talking about a six, six monster who's athletic as hell and very strong and physical. And it should all come together. The problem on Travis Bell's end is, you know, he's six foot and he's definitely going to be undersized, but you watch his film, regardless of who he's playing against, and it is just max effort every single damn play all the time. Uh, not to be the name dropper on here, but I sent uh, some Jervon text Dexter tape to my guy, good old Hall of Famer Dan Hampton. Um, he's like, and he's like, yep, bad, correctable. Oh, so not good, but you can correct it. Yes. Okay. And like that, you're talking about the get off? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like, how is this possible? Can this be coached? Why Why do you think this wasn't coached at Florida? Because, you know, that, I think that's just a fair question. And, and some people made a great point in the in the chat yesterday saying that, you know, Gators have been through massive coaching changes. And so perhaps he wasn't getting the, or not even perhaps, he wasn't getting the consistent coaching throughout his entire career there that the Bears can, you know, step in and give him here. So, okay, let's lean on that. And, uh, you know, it, he, if, if one of the greatest guys in the history of the game getting off the ball thinks it can be taught, I'm going to lean on that, that take over anybody else's concern. He's not that, – that, that dude is not going to say, yes, it can be taught if it can't. He, he's not – that is not his personality. He would come straight out and say, can't be taught, won't ever happen, dude sucks, horrible pick, bears. That's what he'd say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and, and that's not what he said. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. that's why I ask him because he's straight honest. Well, <clears throat> and just from what we talked about 
Do you have your clear your throat before you start? I talking? try. I mean, I'm sorry. I've been going through it. I'm sorry, Lawrence. Lawrence is gonna kill me now. I couldn't. Tear. I'm trying. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying. Okay. Is but Barb this is what we talked today? about in the Where's Barb? In, in the draft recap show. Barb, can we get your son? Listen, like, some this holes is what or we talked about in the draft recap. Barb, show. we love your son. They drafted people. Not as much they drafted as the guys with things you <laughs> can't cookie. teach. Speed with Tyler Scott, you know, size with Jervon Dexter. And then they're going to rely on the coaching to teach Tyler Scott how to run routes, to teach Jervon Dexter how to get off the ball faster. So, you know, Matt Eberflus knows what he wants in a three technique. So don't give me that bitter beer face. <laughs> No, I'm laughing at prison might call you Flem Braggs. And now I'm thinking about like a, a different name I'm for you. I'm sorry. Flags or something. I don't know. But, but keep going. That's it. That's all I got to say. All right. No, but hold on. Never talking again. No, no, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> That's going to be tough for a podcast. Hold on. Hold on, Flags. Flags. <laughs> do, do, you, do, do you believe in that philosophy as the expert that you are do you believe in drafting for traits when the production is not as dynamic sand god incredible production not incredible traits yeah it does surprise me how heavily they leaned into like ras and things like that i didn't realize from last year's draft and maybe i missed this but i didn't realize how analytically driven they are and it's apparent that they are and when you saw that you know feedback from the 1920 tape that of what they value in players you could see that those intangibles are very important to them all right we're about to bring in eric at home but first want to make sure you know about game time and using that code to get your discount on game time because buying tickets to your favorite events should not be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. And with killer deals on last minute tickets, their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets, start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. It's really nice. You go into the app and there's a little thing you swipe that says flash deals. So if you're just trying to go to, you know, the ballpark today, for instance, probably get a flash deal pop up i'll be there tonight great last minute tickets always available uh, it's so easy you press the button you buy them it's a it's a lot simpler than some of those other apps that are out there they show you the images of where the seats are they have a lowest price guarantee event cancellation protection uh, all kinds of ways to protect you as you buy those tickets. And you download the GameTime app. You create an account. You use code CHGO when you do so. You get 20% off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create account. Redeem code CHGO for 20% off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets. Lowest price guaranteed. So it is beautiful outside today. You should lean into it and... If you are a golfer, just a reminder that Pins and Aces is the official golf apparel partner of All City and CHGO. We are in love with our Pins and Aces gear. My hoodie is sweet. I wear it with other with three other hoodies, but the Pins and Aces hoodie steps up the best. It's really nice. Uh, and I'm getting tons of compliments on and off the course, by the way, uh, wearing my hoodie. Lots of people loving it off the course because, you know, my first round of the year is 
coming up here. But anyway, Pins and Aces is family-owned golf and apparel business. Family-owned, underlining that. Uh, they make the polos, hats, golf bags, even our favorite beer sleeve. That's what Hull Gloves, an innovative product that allows you to store seven beers right inside your golf bag and keep drinking the cold beer the entire round. That is awesome. Check out pinsandaces.com. Use the code CHGO. You get 15% off your first order and you get the free shipping. Once again, that is pinsandaces.com. All right. We continue to drive into uh, dive into the draft with Eric Edholm now joining us from NFL.com. Longtime friend, neighbor of some around here. And uh, Eric, thank you for jumping on with us today. We appreciate it. How you doing? Boys, how we doing? Everything good? Yeah, just uh, still, I think, in draft recovery mode to some extent, as I'm sure you are too. Yes, Eric, I, I, hope you don't, I hope you don't mind, but I made you the king of all draft prognosticators, dive, down, dive deepers, you know, forget about the Kuipers of the world. I'm, all, I'm on team at home. Do you feel comfortable with this distinction? I, throughout the course of this hit, I will be increasingly more comfortable. I'm not, a, I'm not a big spotlight guy. I don't love the accolades all the time, but I'll make it work I, for you guys, you know, that, just for, for the show, you know. That, that's why I'm, you need a hype guy, and that's what I'm here for. I, <laughs> I'm, I, I got you. I don't think Ed Hull needs a hype guy. Everybody needs a hype guy. He's you got, need a hype guy. Okay, I need a hype I guy. Use, I could use a lot of help, boys, let me just tell you. <laughs> well, a uh, tremendous job covering uh, the draft leading up to it and of course in the wake of everything i know you're going through some draft grades division by division right now but uh sticking to the bears what were your uh, big takeaways what'd you think yeah actually was just uh kind of working on nfc north when you guys called so yeah i mean it's it was i think overall it was a pretty good uh pretty good weekend for the for the entire division i mean you know i could certainly gripe about the vikings picks but i thought the bears made a lot of a lot of smart selections. Um, you know, obviously people are going to focus on the right pick, you know, bypassing Jalen Carter, you know, other tackle prospects, however you want to look at it. That's going to be the pick that kind of becomes the anchor of this class because so much was hinging on it, starting with the number one spot and moving down as they did. So, you know, obviously we, we know there's up with future picks. So that's nice. It's a good little cushion to have. Right. Obviously feels an immediate need. There were times when I thought, boy, you know, he might be the best tackle in this class. His high points were very high. Um, I felt like when you watched some of the lower competition games, you know, I mean, I think I watched the – well, it wasn't the Akron. was actually pretty good. I think it was the uh, Tennessee Martin game, and there was one other one that I watched where I thought, you know, is he, is he playing down to his competition? I couldn't quite tell. You know, this is the, the, the trick of being a draft analyst. You have to do some guessing. You try to call people for answers. But overall, I thought it was a, a worthy swing at that point. Um, just the question being, were they not comfortable with Carter's uh, character? Because to me, he's the superior talent and perhaps an even bigger need position. So, you know, elsewhere, I would have liked to see Keanu Benton, who went a couple spots ahead of Javon Dexter. I, that would have bumped it up a notch or two for me. But... Boy, I love the Tyler Scott pick, the Roshan Johnson pick. I thought some of their day three choices made a lot of sense and represented good value at, at positions where they, they could stand upgrade. Going back to the first decision of this draft, which was two months before the draft even started, trading the number one pick to number nine, I guess, you know, reading the rumors and everyone not thinking C.J. Stroud was going to go two, now that you have hindsight to your benefit, 
would you have traded the pick when Ryan Poles did, or should he have waited till the night of the draft? Yeah, this is obviously a, a, a fascinating debate, and it's hard to really give it a, a fair and honest answer because, like you said, knowing what we know now, perhaps there's a different story here. But to me, had they just gotten draft picks in return, I, I could have entertained that theory a little easier. But I think what made it so desirable, in, in my opinion, uh, for Ryan Poles was getting DJ Moore in the building with that pick. They had a veteran, a known quantity, one who's under contract for three years. Correct me if I'm wrong. A young guy, too. Uh, I mean, it, it just checked off so many boxes. And I think in, in a year or two, his salary is going to look like a pittance compared to what other top receivers are paid. So factor that in along with the picks they got, you know, and possibly getting, you know, three or four immediate contributors in this class as well with some of the ammo they they got back. I mean, I, you know, bird in the hand, two in the bush. There, there's that. There's always the chance that that value goes down uh, after that point. And, you know, it would have been fun to see them do the double move, one to two, two to nine or what have you. Um, whether that was actually, you know, close to happening or not depends on, on who you talk to. But it does sound like it was discussed. That would have been fun as heck for for the draft guys and, and certainly for Bears fans. But knowing what they knew at the time, I thought that was pretty darn good value. I also think you got to look at it from the standpoint of like, what did they really miss out on, on their draft board, which we don't necessarily know what it looked like. Right. right. But, but I guess what I'm getting at is by moving back to nine and then moving again back to 10 on draft night, like, okay, you probably passed on Will Anderson, right? Like, I mean, that's probably a consensus of somebody that you, you passed on, but all those other guys that got drafted, like I think they had Darnell right ahead of Paris Johnson, just for one example. So yep. they, they they obviously, at the end of the day, were not comfortable with Jalen Carter. So from that standpoint, when they look at it, you know, maybe they had Devin Witherspoon up there or something like that, and we just don't know. But I think from their standpoint, that's why they were so comfortable moving back as far as they did because they got the tackle that they were really targeting. We'll have to all, like always, we have to say, we'll see how it all plays out within three years. But I think yep. from a process standpoint, Eric – that's why they were so comfortable doing it when they did it. And then when you factor in that they added DJ Moore in there and a future first round pick, it just looks like a no brainer. I, I tend to agree. Uh, you know, there's always that, that, that thought of, could we have done better? And NFL teams are going to ask themselves that they're going to do a, you know, kind of a, a postmortem. How did we do throughout the process? Did we bring in all the players for visits we wanted? Did we have as many trade discussions as we wanted? They're going to certainly dissect this move, you know, in hindsight, knowing what we know now, but I, I have a hard time believing they're going to have any regret. First of all, imagining DJ as, as kind of the, the, the guy Justin Fields can lean on in a critical season for Fields, A, development, and B, his, his forecast in Chicago, given the assets they have next year, next draft. You know, it just it lines up so well in my mind that I'm not bothered by this this lack of a, a treasure trove full of picks. I mean, those, that's great to see on paper, you know, all the all the selections you get in a trade like that. But to get one sure thing, known quantity. Um, and then, like you said, having the kind of the depth of vision they did on the draft board, which is we think there are going to be X number of blue chip players that we're going to consider at that pick. And maybe half of them are available or, you know, two out of the five or whatever the number is. That, that's pretty good work from a second year GM who's, you know, relatively young for that position. So I, 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 I'm sure it was a collaborative effort and I think they did their, their business pretty well. 
Let's lean into that Fields part, Eric. We had this discussion yesterday, and Bears fans, at least the ones that pay attention to this Twitter and watch this show, are pretty well convinced that Fields has plenty to be successful. And I think you can kind of look at this glass half full, glass half empty. Like, glass half full, you went out and got DJ Moore. Uh, glass half empty. Well, Darnell Mooney had a bad year last year, and Claypool was an absolute dud uh, coming to Chicago. Can he figure it out? Like, you can go either way here. Offensive line, well, Darnell Wright's great. Well, I don't know, man. It's a rookie right tackle. Maybe he is, maybe he isn't. Like, you can go both ways on this. How do you look at the weapons that are there and the protection as far as setting up fields for success in year three? Yeah, I don't know that you would rate the Bears' skill position talent as top 10 in the league or anything like that. I don't know that you'd say that their offensive line is a, a finished product and that they're just going to roll these guys out there and uh, and expect, you know, sort of perfect execution from day one. But that said, you know, they have three backs that they appear to like at this point, maybe more for that matter, but three certainly I think we could say with with uh, Foreman, Herbert, and Johnson. Johnson, I think, is, is a really good asset who will help on special teams too. But still, you got that. You've got a lot of receivers now. Granted, all, it's a little bit of a mishmash group after more, but still, there, there are numbers there that I think you feel pretty good about. Um, and Tyler Scott, I think, again, I, just, I was surprised he lasted as long as he did. So I love that upgrade. I thought maybe there was room for another tight end, but, you know, again, Komet, Tunyon, pretty good group you know i think they could help in the in the pass catching department so it's a solid to good environment in which he can work this year another year of of uh, comfort and understanding and and uh belief in the getsy system it works both ways there too he knows what what justin likes justin knows what he likes they meet in the middle ideally um and find a good balance between the run game the qb run game and, and the pass game so you know, I, I'd have to sort of look at their schedule a little closer. I know we're, we're getting close to schedule release time, but, you know, things obviously are pointing in the right direction. And you have a division that took a big hit with Aaron Rodgers going. That's big from a Bears standpoint. So there are a lot of things that I think at least slant in the direction of Fields taking a next step. If you can get a little bit more consistent ball placement touch, you know, taking sacks and things like that, know when to throw it away. Those are the finer points that if he masters, they'll they'll happily bring him back, I think. I want to get your uh, thoughts on some of these picks that the Bears made. Um, and we spent a lot of time talking about the defensive tackles on day two, but you were doing pick-by-pick -pick analysis during the draft. And when they yeah. when the when the Bears drafted Tyreek Stevenson, uh, the cornerback out of Miami at pick number 56, you said that Ryan Poles nabbed one of our favorite day two prospects in Stevenson, who is a physical, well-built outside corner with some vinegar running through his veins. Chicago wants to keep adding layers to its defense, and Stevenson bolsters a talented young DB room. So it sounds like you really like this pick. I, I did. Yeah, I was, I was, I thought he had, there was a chance he could slip through the cracks a little more than he did. You know, I don't remember 56 or wherever he handed up. I mean, uh, I had him rated a little bit higher than that. I think he was 48th or ninth on my overall board. And even with a deep cornerback class, I still feel like, you know, they got him in a really good spot. Um, others may not think so, but I, I saw a lot of feistiness in his play improved playmaking ability it was something when he was at georgia they couldn't quite figure out did they want to make him a corner did they want to put him in that safety kind of hybrid role um you know he's he's i think got good length for corner i would say for safety it wouldn't be quite as good um you know the length is okay but you know really he runs well uh he's not afraid to to be aggressive at the the catch point 
Um, I felt like he got more disciplined as a player, fewer penalties, fewer blown coverages from what I saw. Had a, a guy on staff at Georgia who said, you know, we didn't know he'd be this good. You know, we didn't, we weren't sure exactly what he was before he transferred in, I think, 2020 uh, and, and went to Miami in 2021. So, yeah, it just it felt like he never quite got the respect he deserved in college. And and probably the fact that this was such a good corner class helped push him down. But played through pain. I mean, he did a lot of things for them that, that went overlooked because, you know, I mean, Miami's been down a little bit and he did have a couple injuries. But boy, I think, you know, his durability would be a uh, more of a strength than it would be a weakness. I think a player that most fans are excited for you know, just be mainly because average fans watch skill position players more than the trenches when you're watching football is Roshan Johnson. Yeah, how quickly do you think he can assert himself into this running back room? I'm seeing people going as far to say, like, he's going to be RB1 by midseason. Uh, you know, it's it's an interesting running back group and, and it, nobody really separating themselves from the other. What, do, what, what are your thoughts with Roshan Johnson? Yeah, I mean, if you're if you're a Bears fan who's just getting to know Roshan Johnson, you look and you see, oh, okay, he had you know 500 rush yards, you know, 100 receiving yards. What what am I getting excited about exactly? Well, obviously, playing behind Bijan Robinson will will do that to a man, right? They still found a way to get him eight to ten carries every single game, which tells you a lot, right? The eighth pick in the draft, Bijan Robinson, you know, possibly generational talent at running back. Uh, you know, he got his carries, but they made sure to earmark quite a few for Roshan as well. He's not Bijan Robinson. He is more of a straight ahead, no nonsense, power running, unbelievable stiff arm. It's one of my favorite things that that he'll unleash and, you know, has enough length, arm lengths to, to, to pull that off enough upper body strength and enough lower body strength to kind of power through tackles. And, you know, just for, for a school in Texas that often produce, you know, what, what scouts would complain were – Sometimes the the country club guys, you know, not the real gritty sort of hardworking dudes. He's the complete opposite. He was Mr. Longhorn, beloved in that locker room by coaches and players alike. That's obviously something you love to hear. You know, dependable team leader guy who's going to play four downs. I think he can play on passing downs on offense. I think he can play coverage units on special teams. As for him pushing aside the the other two guys, we'll see, but He's a real good fit for a gap running uh, team. And I think that's going to obviously be a big, 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 big part of what they do. So, you know, he really only had about 450 touches in college. So there's a lot of tread left on those tires too. It just, he's not a blazer, but you don't need him to be. He can be a younger version of what Dante Foreman is hopefully giving you this year. And, and you know, in a year or two, maybe. I think he's probably a better fit for this scheme than Khalil Herbert in some ways. Let's uh, just take a little peek at the old linebacker, Noah Sewell, here. That's how we started the show today, Eric, which I think is why Hogan's yep. looking at me the way he's looking at me, which is adorable. Actually, I was looking at Brad. No, he's looking at me because we bad. have our <laughs> constant <laughs> Herbert Montgomery yeah. running back. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. 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 We'll but never go end. ahead with Noah Sewell. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. 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 This is, this is, there is a Herbert Montgomery battle going on here. Uh, <laughs> I don't quite get the Sewell thing from a UN out. You got TJ Edwards, you signed Tremaine Edmonds, you've got Jack Sanborn. Yeah. I understand, you know, Bears fans are pushing back at me that it's depth, depth, depth. Shut up, Carm. Uh, I watched the tape. He, he's not a burner. He doesn't seem super best. He doesn't seem super physical. So I'm trying to figure out what I'm missing here. Yeah, I think 
if you want to see a little bit more in the playmaking department, if you go back and watch his 2021 tape, it was pretty fantastic. I mean, I was thinking at that point, boy, is he a second round pick? You know, knowing that not a lot of linebackers crack round one. Again, hadn't talked to any scouts about him a year plus ago, but, you know, he was definitely on one of my my short lists that I compiled of 2023 prospects that I thought could, you know, could, could uh, come out and, and be a part of this class. But as you said, it was, it was disappointing this year because a, I think they asked him to do a little bit more coverage wise than he'd done before. Maybe he asked them to, maybe it was out of need. I don't know the answer to that. Um, this is not a change of direction guy. This is not somebody you want floating around and uh, you know, man coverage, covering you know mark andrews and travis kelsey that's not going to fly uh, but i think it's a two down you know better going forward than in reverse kind of linebacker run stopper big thickly built guy you know you could do worse especially at that point of the draft so yeah i think i'm i'm a little bit more on the side of the fans which is at this phase of the draft you kind of have to be a little bit realistic about what you're getting and what you're not getting but I get the questions, absolutely. You know, did he look stiff at times? Yeah. Does he have some blitzing ability? I think so. Does he take on blocks well and shed them? Pretty well, yeah. I mean, he still could do better at breaking those down, but but brings, brings some punch. And if you're at all worried about the depth after Edmonds, Edwards, Sanborn, et cetera, you know, I mean, he at least solves one of those problems. I think he's your backup Mike. And then also we'll play on, on some coverage units as well. We'll see. It's, it's again, he's a be kind, rewind guy. You got to look at last year to kind of get the idea of what he could be. This year, this year was disappointing. No doubt. Tyler Scott. Now this guy uh, came on my radar a little bit later in the process. And then as soon as I started watching him, I was like, Oh my God, this guy would be perfect with Justin Fields. Cause he is, <laughs> he, he has what they're sort of lacking right now, which is that, that yeah. guy who could take the top off the defense. And Justin's got such a good deep ball at times that you want to take advantage of that with those shots. How how much more does Tyler Scott have to do to be able to see the field regularly? And how ready would he be in the short term to at least be put on the field in certain situations to make the defense account for him? Yeah, I think, and and I I really loved watching him too. And and I was talking to somebody with some um, who, who'd worked for the Bears in the past, and he was sort of thinking, all right, here's the kind of receiver I think they're going to draft. And we were just talking through it, and and I said, that's Tyler Scott, you know, like that at that. If you're not using a day one or early day two pick on one on a receiver, yeah, that's probably the guy. So and it just worked out that way, and they got him lower than than I thought he'd go off the board. His teammate Trey Tucker, I would never have imagined he went that that far ahead of him but yeah he's small and at 180 pounds or whatever getting off press coverage if he sees it is going to be a chore that might put him in the slot full time or make him a motion guy but he's he's got three level ability you can throw him the short stuff and and he can take those little hitches and go a long way but he also has that deep ability i think his Somebody, I saw a stat, his average touchdown in, in college, and, you know, he had 15 or 16 of them, was 40-plus yards, almost 45 yards. I mean, yep. that gives you an idea of what his role will be. It may be streamlined. He may only be 20 snaps a game on offense at first anyway, um, and you may have to scheme some of it up, keeping him in the slot or, or having sort of uh, the, the right design to, to free him up, but he's got the speed to, to – 
you know, to stress a secondary, like you said, take the top off. And I, I, I think he's coachable from what I understand. And, and he played some special teams. He was a gunner there as well. I just think it made too much sense, even with, you know, again, the length being something of an issue, the, the weight being something of an issue. But, you know, I've heard people say he could be kind of a poor man's Tyler Lockett. And I'd, I'd be inclined to believe it. I, I love that pick. I, 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 it's you are in a position where you're not sure what you're going to do going forward with Claypool slash Mooney. You need a depth there. You need, and right. he fits in, he fits in the room right now. So I thought it made an absolute ton of sense. Uh, was there any moment, Eric, in the draft where you're like, Ooh, uh, that's fine. I get why you're going that way, but you were, but you were sitting there looking at the bears board thinking you should have taken somebody else at that particular sp- time in the draft. Yeah, I mean, I kind of briefly teased it a little earlier. I mean, Javon Dexter wasn't my favorite player to watch. He wasn't my least favorite either. I don't, I don't want to make it seem like I hated the pick. I, I would give that pick like a CC minus if I had to just grade the individual selection. And I just felt like you'd see a little flash here or there, like, wow, this guy could do some interesting stuff for for that size, right? He's a long guy for for that position, but it was never consistent enough for me. I never felt like he was disruptive. Um, and you know, there were times he saw combo blocks and everything like that, but I just was left wanting a little bit more. And at least with Keanu Benton, who I, I think went about four or five picks ahead of them. So within range, you know, somebody they could have reasonably moved up for if they didn't want to, you know, if they were willing to part with an extra pick, um, I felt like I had a better feel for how he would fit in this defense and you could put him at that three tech spot meaning benton um and i think that's where dexter you know probably plays if you see pickens is more of a kind of a gap shooting nose or a one technique or something i don't know I, they could have a different imp- impression of him but yeah i just that was the one where i thought eh, okay maybe i'm wrong but but you know i don't i don't know that i see a a true difference maker even if he's been durable and, and fairly reliable Eric, no, you've been working hard, man. I appreciate the time today to come on with us, and uh, great job throughout all these these months, and we're going to continue to read what you got on NFL.com as you continue to recap everything, so thanks a lot. Well, who are we picking next I'm going to continue watching you guys. Yeah, I love it, man. Thanks for having me on. Great stuff, Eric. Appreciate you. <laughs> there he is, King Eric. Of the draft. King need, of the draft. I need, I need to know who we're picking next year. How do you not join me <laughs> when I go for the cheer of the guest? I'm trying to be the hype guy. I need a first follower, and and you just sit there with, nope. with nothing. Nope. I'll let you drown. Also, why do you need to know who they're going to draft next well, year? Well, because we all want when Marvin Harrison When Jr. your takeaway will be, well, we'll wait and see how good he is. Listen here. <laughs> not if it's Marvin Harrison Jr. Oh, we will so not wait and Harrison. see. Yeah. Then you're all in. I can't stand how everyone hates Jervon Dix. There is literally not one person who says anything good about Jervon Dexter. <laughs> I, Even I, his, I hate his it. family doesn't understand why the Bears drafted him at 53. <laughs> That's not true. I, I, I'm also, like over Wooten, it. I said a lot of good things about well, Levante's in on him. A-plus pick. Don't fault him really? for what he was asked to do. Yeah. It's like, okay. Levante, Levante, Levante's been in the chat for the last two days. He loves the pick. Um, if Levante believes in him, I'm going to switch my opinion. I'm just, Levante, man, appreciate your opinion. But you still should be getting off the ball faster regardless of what he's being asked to do. I mean that still dude, being in a three-point stance while the ball, while the play is already happening is not good. Kurt loves him too. Eight thousand exclamation point! I love Dexter. I mean, let's not worry about the fact that he's looking like he's. Uh, 
I don't know. What's the word I'm looking for? Taking a nap. We'll we'll make it. We'll we'll clean it up a little bit. Taking a nap. When the ball is set, he takes a little bit of like a five second nap, and then he goes. But hey, coachable, no problem. Traits. There's some incredible plays that you can definitely find. I got some big Northwestern news right now. Are you serious? That has something to do with one of these Bears draft picks. Okay. I have no idea what's happening. The guy that was throwing footballs to Tyler Scott on all those touchdowns that Eric Edholm was just talking about. Yeah. Just transferred to Northwestern. Wow. Ben Bryant. Cats need a QB and a bunch of other things. Go Cats. He just tweeted about 12 minutes ago. Thank you, Cincinnati, for all you have done for me. You will always be home. Thank you, Coach Fitz, for this incredible opportunity. Let's get to work. What year is he? Uh, I have to double check. I'm assuming <laughs> senior, but he was definitely the quarterback who was throwing footballs in the uh, Tyler Scott film I was watching. Ben Bryant. Also, really, I should say the uh, Travis Bell tape I was watching. Yeah. Because Travis welcome, Bell. Welcome yeah. to the bottom of the Big Ten. <laughs> yeah. Hey, now. Cincinnati, right. then Eastern Michigan. I mean, Eastern Michigan, this is a weird career. Wait, am I wrong here? No. He's, he was at Eastern Michigan, then he went to Cincinnati. He's a redshirt senior from Lions Township, so he's a local kid. Briggs, why don't you read this super I'm chat? I'm not sure if friend. this Wikipedia is correct, but Chubbs. it's very weird. Let me Chubbs. teach you something. Go Chubbs to in the, the school says, websites, not Wikipedia. Chubbs in the chat, super chat, $5. No one cares about Northwestern. Get a defensive end. There you go. Love it, Chubbs. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> Are you Chubbs? I am not Chubbs. Chubbs is a good man. Beautiful dog. Chubbs is a good man. I think you're Chubbs. He's not. I'm not. Uh, Pins and Aces has a ball marker that is Chubbs' hand from Happy Gilmore. Oh. (laughs) I like it. Pretty sweet. I'm just saying. Go check out Pins and Aces. You said they have the cracker, too. Yes, they have the cracker. I I got that one. This is the weirdest it's in my golf bag right now. college career of any player I've ever seen. I couldn't he tell you. He started at Cincinnati, went to Eastern Michigan, went back to Cincinnati, now he's at Northwestern. Was he a professional player? I couldn't tell you how <laughs> nervous I was when Eric was on, and every time it was my turn to talk, I was like, is my voice going to fail me right now? Yeah. Every time I was terrified. You were so good, though. The people in the chat could tell, too. I was completely terrified. Yeah. And you know what, Hogue? I don't want to hear nothing because I was watching your Hogan Johns podcast and you had to clear your throat on that podcast. Oh. And I'll pull up the tape if I have to. No, no, you're right. It does happen. I was watching and I was sitting yeah. in my garage. I was like, oh, that's what I just, that's the big noise. <laughs> right, first I of all, I just like that you watch Hogan Johns in your garage. Hey, where else are you going to watch it? Do you not get enough of them here? You know, sometimes Seriously. I like to hear Hogue talk without Cram interrupting it. Oh, great my point. God. <laughs> great point. Um, also, you're 100% that one right. On a Once every two weeks, I do have to clear my throat in the middle of a show. Not six times a show. Yeah, it's been a rough week. I'm working on it. All right. All right. Hey, uh, you know what you need? You need some Shady Rays. You do. Let's I just do. put you in a nice, good-looking mood. Yeah. And what it does cover up is beautiful blue eyes, but <laughs> yeah, why would I do that? That's a good point. But you want to take on the sun with gear built to last, and our friends at Shady Rays have you covered for the warm weather ahead. Still ahead. Hopefully, it's coming with premium polarized shades at an affordable price. Shady Rays is an independent sunglass company that offers a world class product that's good, just as good as any 
expensive pair that we've worn. Uh, durable frames, extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. And that's not all because Shady Rays has the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and bro- broken replacements. If you're laying brick one day and, you know, the you, they fall off your head and then you drop a brick, which Braggs, of course, never does. But that's not true. Did, and then I always the bri- do. The brick landed on your Shady Rays. You Crunch. could just get a new pair. But just like that. Nice. Yeah. Just making sure you know about it. Um, <laughs> you can wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long after you purchase. And if you don't love your Shady Rays, exchange for a new pair. Return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop. Their team always has your back. And this is exclusive for our listeners. Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com. Use code CHGO for 50% off two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. Not one, not two, not three, not four, five big stars, Lawrence. Team, Fine. hi, how are you? Okay. Uh, also a reminder, team, that yes, the ComEd Energy Efficiency Program is committed to helping families like Greg Braggs' family and businesses in the communities they serve, helping manage energy usage and lowering energy bills now and into the future flags. <laughs> That's right, Cram, because ComEd offers a wide variety of incentives on lighting and other efficiency upgrades to commercial, industrial, and public public sector cu- customers of all sizes across the territory. ComEd also offers free facility assessments that can help find energy-saving opportunities like for HVAC, HVAC systems, commercial kitchen equipment, or industrial processes. Can you explain to me, Flags, how exactly that works? Please? I will, and <laughs> I you. and I won't stutter over my words when I do that because an authorized engineer will work with you to develop a detailed assessment plan specific to your goals and needs. These can be done in person or virtually and last approximately two hours. Within three to four weeks, customers will receive a report detailing energy efficiency projects that they can start working on immediately. Each recommendation will include estimated energy savings, cost savings, project costs, potential incentives, and simple payback. If you own a business, don't wait. Get started saving money and energy today for energy saving tips, lighting incentives, or to schedule your free facility assessment. Go to comed.com slash powering biz. Let's all say it together. Did you say comed.com slash powering biz? Yes, I did. Schedule it today. That's an outstanding job, by the way. A reminder of the CHGO Bears offseason coverage, which you love, need, and um, are addicted to, is brought to you by Comed's Energy Efficiency Program. Learn more at comed.com slash powering biz. How many days is three or four weeks, Braggs? What? How many what? days is three or four weeks? 21, 28? Why are just you... Just checking your math, that's all. A little time stable, a little... What little, the little, hell? Little, just want to make sure that we're... Is all... the, can I just ask, is the is the cram and flag show over, or... I don't know what he's asking me this for. I didn't I mean, do this. Or is that going to just keep going? All right. Flags. See you later. Cram, cram saying goodbye. It's not going to catch Back on. to you, Hogue. <laughs> I just was wondering. I just... I, I'm enjoying the show. <laughs> Are you though? Cram and flag, <laughs> the flags and cram show. That's definitely something we're, you we're see branching out. You guys, should, we're going to start a new pod. It definitely airs on like local RSNs at like three in the afternoon. Yeah. It's cram and flags. You're like, oh god, these idiots. 
Yes. <laughs> I think it's a solid overnight show. Okay. 3 a.m. You've wanted to host overnights to, your whole life. To, I, I have. You're so, so weird. I just want to take you through your overnight. Because literally the overnight is such a great look for a host because they're just so happy that you're there. You don't need to do anything other than turn on the microphone and just say hello. You can also talk into it. But that's How are you doing? Story. Well, meanwhile, we're going to talk into our microphones now and, and talk about the <laughs> top three position groups that we have for the Bears and the bottom three. We spent the morning ranking them. I have to say, this was a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. This was a fun exercise. Which I think is a testament to how much better the roster is. Absolutely. I mean, it was it was actually pretty hard. Now, the the bottom one was very easy. Yes. But beyond that, um, you know, I, I think we had some disagreements, and uh, it's it's quite it's it's interesting. We, uh, let's start with the top though, um, and here they are. By the way, I have to point out that I have a new I have a new face, they've a new added, caricature. They've added now face. They put glasses on you. They put glasses on me. How do, you How do we think? We're willing. How to, do you feel about it? Well, here's the thing. You I know terrible. I sit here. I know I sit here. <laughs> I, I know I sit here every day on this show and Hogan Johns with my glasses on. But the reality is, I don't usually wear my glasses. You uh, well, you look so. great with your glasses here, but that dude is scuffling. Okay. I don't know. Like I think you look fantastic I, there. I well, think over there. Was it your choice to add the glasses? No, it was. Eric made an updated one. He asked me what I thought, and I was like, I get why you want to do it. I do wear my glasses on the show every day, but I don't feel like I'm actually a glasses guy, if that makes sense, because the rest yeah. of my day I don't wear them unless I'm sitting in my office at home. I mean, I like eight-hour vibes in the chat. That ha-ha that made Hogue look like some sort of internal disease. Wow. That's aggressive. Whoa. Okay. I mean, I don't think it's quite that bad, but I, but I don't think sorry. it's reflective of how cute and adorable you are. Glasses on, glasses off. Uh, Torian says the other one was better. Okay. And Doug Dyer said, how much did you pay, Greg, for the caricature to have 10 pounds less on your face? (laughs) 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 So we're all taking shots here. (laughs) Listen, I look like I'm 96 years old in mine, so there's that. Um, And I I had to ask upper management, can we uh, take a little bit of that gray out of the old carbon caricature? Why would you do that? It'd be a lie. Look at your head. Easy, easy, easy. This thing is gray. It's not. I've got. I'm. I'm, I'm at least forty percent pepper. I don't sit here and go. This is not gray. I know it is. But I'm forty percent pepper. Thirty-eight, thirty-two. <laughs> Where am I at here? Wait, wait. Which part's the pepper? The black. black yeah. Yes. Okay. Maybe maybe twenty-seven percent. I think you're. I think you're a solid twenty-seven. So really, I mean, hey, happy to be here. Better than the alternative. That's why I'm a, saying. A, that I have hair, and B, that I'm not dead. As long as it's but. there, I don't care <laughs> what color it is. It could be pink as long as it's up there on my head. Carm, you look 96 years old in real life. It was spot on, says Doug Dyer. But Johnny Rampage says, Carm, not embracing his Silver Fox era. Yeah. Come on. I think no, you look great. I'm not, because I want to be 26 for, for eternity. I think you look fantastic. His younger pictures, he looks much goofier. So yeah. I think he's doing fine. Braggs actually has underrated hair, but he always puts a hat on it, which I never understand. Well, don't worry about why I do things. Okay, <laughs> let's get on to the. Dark. All right, so all right, uh, back to the rankings <laughs> as we got distracted there, but uh, this was interesting. You guys love your okay. 
I, I went linebacker. We're all in agreement the linebackers are good, but you guys have them second. I think when you look across the board, they have three really good starters. They have some depth now. Adding Noah Sewell, it's already a position where you have three starters and really two and a half spots because most of the time you don't even usually have three linebackers on the field. So the depth is there. The starters are there. I thought it was the I, – I, where are you guys seeing running backs better than linebacker? Of those two units, who's the best player? Well, the Bears had the best running game. You can say Tremaine Edmonds? Absolutely I am. Okay. And then I'd probably say TJ Edwards. Okay. Okay, so uh, before the, I get to Bears, Khalil Herbert or Dante Foreman. The Bears had the best running game in football last year. I get yes. Justin Fields had a big benefit to that. Yeah. But the running game itself was very good. I agree. And now they have three running backs that are all better than David Montgomery. So take that. And I'm serious when okay, I cap. say that. I'm so serious. you're saying Roshan Johnson's already better than David Montgomery? Dude, I'm telling you. They're better. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, Saturday did, morning when you woke David up, did Montgomery you know who Roshan Johnson was? To, yes, I watched <laughs> Roshan Johnson play the last I like years. that question. I Yes, that's the one person I can actually speak with confidence on. The one person? In our draft that like I can say the I watched. The rest are wait and see. A handful of times. I mean, I watched Tennessee play five or six times last year. How many times was I dialed in on Darnell Wright? None, because I watched the skill position guys when I watch a game. I'm not watching the trenches when I'm watching Tennessee take on Alabama. Just not. I'm being honest. So, yeah, I have watched Roshan Johnson play, and I know he's a very good player, and I know he's going to fit well with this team. And I, we've been – we beat this dead horse a million times, me and you, Hoke. You know how I feel about Khalil Herbert. I think he's a very solid player. And I like the addition of Dante Foreman. He's a proven back in this league. And all three of them, if you gave them 200 carries, could get more than one 20-yard carry in a season. So I believe the good the running game was a huge strength to this team last year, and I think it'll be just as good, if not better, this year. So, and I am with Gregory on this. Look, I'm open to Tremaine Edmonds being you know a big-time guy, but... The fact of the matter is, is that uh, he's got a ways to go in my mind to like prove that he's some elite running uh, linebacker. Uh, and you're looking at me like I'm crazy, but I mean, really good. Okay, go. okay, <laughs> all right. I, I, I. Also, Jack Sanborn graded out higher than Khalil Herbert for me last year. Yeah, and, and he's and, the third linebacker. But the, but they're they are. They're just diminishing him to levels that just make well, me... I'm just, I'm just... Okay, it doesn't really matter. Three-headed monster, baby. Roshan's coming in here to kick ass. I, I'm a huge Khalil Herbert fan. And uh, listen, DJ Foreman, you watch the tape. That dude is is on a one-year deal coming in here to play La- physical. I, I like tape, that sure. Last year's tape. Now, we should probably debate the wide receivers because I'm the only one to put wide receivers in there. I do think Sand God's better than Edmonds. Go ahead. Keep and, going. And, I, and I'm a little... I'm, I'm, am I overrating what they have at wide receiver? I mean, not at all. Darnell Mooney was really good. We were all talking about how great Darnell Mooney was going into mm-hmm. last season. He obviously, like everyone in the offense early on, struggled and then got a lot better and then got hurt. I mean, if he's healthy, I still think he's Darnell Mooney. And now you have DJ Moore, who right. as of right now would be the franchise leader in receiving yards. <laughs> so, and I think in the role as number three, Chase Claypool is a pretty solid number three to have as much as people are up his ass about not being good when he got here. Those expectations were a little bit unfair. I, I'm, I, but, and it's not just you guys because Will and Nick were in our Slack today too. Like, 
they don't love the wide receivers as much. I, am I overrating this? I don't think you are at all. I just my rankings just speak to the depth of this team now, and I like the depth of these positions. I think the wide receiver room has something to prove for sure this year, but. One stat that stands out to me, the Bears are one of four teams in the NFL with three wide receivers on their current roster to have 850 receiving yards or more in a single season. And Darnell Mooney and DJ Moore having over 1,000 between the two of them in a single season. So I do think it's a very deep room, but when you're considering Mooney now coming off an injury and Claypool being a few years removed from his best year, they have something to prove. And then when you take into account the fact that they have to actually create this chemistry together and that's not going to happen overnight, that's why they fell down in my ranking. Maybe I did this um, exercise wrong. I, that's just how I looked at We're it. We're also getting a ton of pushback in the comments about all of us having quarterback third. Which shocks me because if you ever say anything remotely negative about Fields, you get killed. Right, but now it, apparently we're overrating him. We, you, if you go by actual production to this point, it's a fair take. Well, first of all, just so how people understand how I did this, I looked at my grades and and combination of what I had last year as it graded out the season, and then what I'm projecting from the newcomers, right? And obviously, there's you're taking a huge guess on the rookies as you factor them in here. But there were two players. The best two players returning from last year, according to my grades, are Justin Fields and Jack Sanborn. They're the only two returning starters that graded out as at least as long-term starters. I'm going to get emotional. Which I think... Same God. I think there's a lot more depth on this roster, but they're still lacking, you know, the elite talent, the blue-chip talent. And... And and that's where even with DJ Moore, I think there's a debate. You know, I'm not necessarily sure I put DJ Moore in blue chip territory. I think I put him in long term starter territory. At least that's how I put him down. The point being though, like I think Justin Fields is the best player on offense, right? Let's hope so. He better be. Okay, so then why wouldn't he be third on the list, especially with PJ Walker being, in my opinion, an upgrade as a backup? Don't forget the undrafted quarterback we got. Ty Badgent. Badgent. The Badgenty? The, yeah. The, 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 the beauty pageant? Badgent? The Badger. Listen, we can be glass half full here, and it's fun that we can actually have this debate because there is talent around, yeah. you know, across the field right now, which is, which is super nice to say. And to the wide receiver thing with me, I just got to see it come together. It 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 was so unbelievably not together last year. I mean, Claypool did nothing. Mooney got hurt. Mooney's had one very, very, very good season, getting over 1,000 yards, and Claypool's had one. Um, and DJ Moore's looking for a house, and he doesn't, and he's, you know, not exactly wild about the – the price points in the in the burbs. I think he's going to be. I think he's going to be very good. I think he's going to change the whole dynamic. I like the receiver room, but I also there's a certain level of comfortness going on in 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 Bears fan world right now that we are just set and and the offense is ready. And I do want to push back on it because I almost feel it's it's going to be unfair to Fields if we're all going to sit there and say the line is set, the receivers are set, the running backs are set, and, the, and if Fields starts out slow, the, then, then you're all going to have to say that the quarterback sucks. And I don't want to be put in that position. Like, I got to see these guys I, come together first. I think the whole offense on paper looks very good, and I still have a lot of concern about the offensive line. I mean... Well, let's get to that here then. Yes, That's sir. a good transition then to our bottom three because we all still put the offensive line on this list. Let's start 
from 10 and work our way up because eight is where we have some debate, but we are all unanimous at the D line right now. And at first we did separate this defensive tackle versus end. And obviously I think you feel better about the, the tackles than you did, you know, a week ago, but it's still a bunch of unknowns. I mean, it's still a bunch of unproven guys or, you know, guys that were here last year that didn't step up enough for uh, corner. No, I'm talking about D-line right now okay, and why I'm that sorry. was last. So I think everybody understands that, you know, that that's why that's there. That was a hands-downer. And and then offensive line. I actually think the offensive line is a lot better. But I think this speaks to what we're talking about here, that the depth is better across the board. Because I was like, I've, I want, I'm like, really? I have offensive line second to bottom? But I... That's uh, every other position I had to hire. I still think is a little bit better. So I think that's a that's a really good thing. If the offensive line has improved, like I think it has, and it's ninth on this list, right? Correct. And we also, you know, we were having the debate before the show, like, do we split out the D line from edge to to tackle? Do we then then? But then, do we have to do that with the O line too? So we just decided to group them all together. So we we could have had a little more nuance in there, but that's how we did it. A lot of people wondering why I have cornerback on there. Um, yes. So do I. And, and I get it. I just, do the Bears have a sh- true shutdown corner? Jalen Johnson. Do the Bears have a true shutdown corner? Jalen Johnson. Uh, you I know, if you want to say that he's not, that's fine. But he's, I mean, then he's like, like right below. I'm talking like all pro, going to get paid. Do they have one of those Where, guys? But, okay. Yes, Jalen Johnson. Okay. <laughs> I, think I, I think I'm with Hogue that oh, if you I want. like Jalen Johnson a lot, but yeah. he is not a Jalen Ramsey at his peak type cornerback. Gary's got it right. High two, low one. Uh, uh, very high two, low one. Yes, he's the Darnell Mooney of cornerbacks. No, to, to put it come down. on, Ooh. come on. What he's been way more of a consistent performer than Darnell. What are you talking about? This is the same exact debate we had about Darnell Mooney last year. He's a high two, low one. Darnell Mooney is a three. Okay, now here comes a hot take. You don't think he, I, I think. Well, then I that think. explains why you didn't like the wide receivers. Yeah, I think he's a three. Okay. I think you're underrating Darnell Mooney there. If you I hope had I put, am, but I don't think If we had put, like we talked about, you know, packaging the, the defensive line together, not splitting them up between D tackles and DNs, if you had put the whole secondary together, they would have shot up my list. Sure, I had the safeties higher, but we decided to split that up. So I, I like Jalen Johnson, but he's not – He's he's just I'm sorry he's not there. Otherwise, I would have already extended him. Otherwise, he'd be locked up, and it'll be interesting to see how that plays out this summer going into training camp. Kyler Gordon, again, young kid, I'm really hyped up on, but there were some inconsistencies there last season, and I don't think it's a slam dunk that he just takes off this year. I think there's a chance he does. And then the third spot, I hope Eric Edholm's right on how much he likes Tyreek Stevenson, but that's still a rookie who we don't really necessarily know how he's going to come in and accept his role, whatever that role is. And by the way, there one one injury from Kendall Vildor being in there. Again. I don't mind Kendall Vildor. Well, I don't think he's terrible as your fourth. Yeah, but the depth there is still questionable to me. So that's I thought that I thought the secondary and the corners battled their ass off last year with a pass rush that was 
non-existent. I thought they were the second best bright spot to the team short of Justin Fields last year. And when you talk about depth, like, yeah, I think Jalen Johnson is good. Yeah, we want more production, interceptions, turnovers, but I thought he was solid. He even played hurt at one point, which then goes against like, oh, he looks bad because he's getting eaten up by Miami. He also was playing hurt that game. I thought Kyler Gordon got better as the year went on. I thought if we're going to talk about depth, Josh Blackwell and Jalen Jones, they, they were battling their ass off at the end against teams like the Philadelphia Eagles who have a dynamic passing attack, got to the Super Bowl, and the Bears were giving them hell. It was a frigidly cold day, but I, I thought the secondary played well last year when you consider that there was no linebackers and zero pass rush. One linebacker. Well, he came in late into the fold, but for a moment it was like, Mids. who the hell's playing linebacker? Mid-year, and then he got hurt, so fine. Look, I'm optimistic. I also like Josh. That's a good call by New Harper. I, I, Josh Blackwell played, uh, not Jones. I just said that, too. Okay. Yeah, he's he's going to be a great special teamer. Kid okay, depth. Yeah. I got you. I got you. Everyone. I'm sh- offended by everybody. where you put them. Chill out. <laughs> the point is, I like they're in a much better spot. If I have corners all the way down that far, and I struggled with someone had to be eight. That's true. Which That's is why. Because the other options were kicker. You know, tight I'll end. get to your kicker in a second. Because I had tight end. Um, who was next on my list originally? Okay, so yeah, I ended up swapping O line and corner. Um. So the next on my list is like a debate between safeties, tight ends, running back. Like they're all bunched up evenly. Like someone had to, sure. someone has to drop down to be number eight. You got to pick them somewhere. I'm not just kind of a four way tie when we're trying to have a show and do an argument here. Sure, right. I mean, we could sit here honestly and say like top nine, pretty solid. You could you can do that if you want to go with glass half full. Like ultimately, I just decided I I I like the tight ends a little bit more because I. I think Cole Komet's actually pretty good. I think Robert Tunyon's a, a great upgrade as your number two tight end. Um, so I think that there's there's depth there. The safeties I like. We decided to separate corners and safeties. You guys have the running backs, you know, as high as you do. Someone had to be there. If I had put Justin That's Fields fair. there, I would have been blocked by every Bears fan on Twitter. That's fair. Like, But my point is the gap between <laughs> three and eight, there isn't much of a gap. And that's a is that yeah. a good thing or a I, bad yes, thing? Yes, that's what I'm saying. It's a good thing. Okay. I, I I think overall it's a really good thing. So Okay, I'm sorry for yelling. All right. I love you guys all. Well, and then my last point to our bottom rankings was all offense like when you when Karn brings up his concern of like, well, we all consider the offensive line just gonna go. I do still have concern about the offensive line. Darnell Wright, I'm sure is a great prospect. He's a rookie. How is he gonna adjust right away to the NFL? And then Tevin Jenkins. Is he going to stay healthy all year? I highly doubt it. I certainly hope so, but I'm not holding my breath when it comes to that. Braxton Jones, he's got to keep getting better. We we don't know for sure. Cody Whitehair uh, playing center. He was not great at snapping the ball when he was at center. They moved him off center. So, you know, the, the one guy I feel extremely confident about week one right out the gate is Nate Davis and the fact that they brought him in. Other than that, all these guys got – a lot to prove, and they all have to come together as a unit, too. All right. Let's end the show with this. Why do you hate Cairo Santos? Because he can't make an extra point. Because he's <laughs> because he's he's getting into his mid-30s, and he's five foot four. So, 
He's got to put literally everything into it, and his body is starting to go. Can I, did you just cite the height of a kicker? I did. I did. Okay. I'm hiding the kicker. Just like Poles is going out there with his RAS scores and his measurables, that is a poor, that is a poor height for a kicker. I want a tall kicker with, with long measurables. Give me, Trenton Gill. How tall is he? 6'4"? I love that guy. Stands there like a stout punter. I don't know. I'm just not. I'm, I, Cairo was rough last year, man. If the if the Bears were actually winning games, those kicks might have mattered, and it could literally could have been the derailment of the season. And so, if we're looking for something on this list where I don't feel completely comfortable, I'm not sure about this. I'm not sure about Cairo Santos. You want Robbie? Uh, sure, but that's a short term. Uh, you know, I'd rather have a long term fit than than go, than Robbie for a year or two, unless he's just going to be like. Okay. Never say die. I goal. will never forgive the Bears for not signing Harrison Butker when he was widely available. A guy with the last name Butker, and the Bears don't sign him when we needed a kicker. Just ridiculously. Do you know um, how many field goals Robbie Gold missed in 2015? More than Santos. When the Bears. In 2015, okay. In 2015, his last year, when he quote unquote struggled. And the Bears decided they had to move on and go in a new direction. He missed six field goals. He went 33 of 39. Dude. I and he missed one extra point. Keep in mind, I believe, if I have my years right, I'm not sure they had mo- What year did they move the extra points back? I'm not sure. If, I'd have to double check. Two years but that, ago. That might, have, that might have still been when they were short. I, I'll double check on that. Regardless, he missed six field goals. Cairo Santos last year. Missed two field goals. The whole season, he missed two field goals. Less attempts. Missed six extra points. But his percentage was higher. Um, he missed five extra points last season. And he went through a rough any kicker in and all football. a few football. of them were in really bad weather. Did really one two, of them. Two of them, right? Cost him a game, that. though. Did any. Yeah. But he was in on the tank. He got the Bears yeah, number one pick by say, blowing the game. MVP. The put him in the MVP category for last year. But did. did did anybody in the NFL miss more extra points than Carol Sandals last year? I'd have to look, but I'm going to guess Probably the answer is not. not. I'd, give, I'd give him one more year. Because before last year, I thought he was really clutch. And I thought he played the wind really well in Chicago. That's another thing that is always very underestimated. Does he have a big leg? Do you feel comfortable when you're outside the 50? It's less about how big your leg is kicking at Soldier Field and more about your understanding of the wind. How many games do they kick on and, the road? You know, it takes time to adjust. I just... I, I do think because the one thing I do like about Cairo is when he had his problems kicking extra points, he changed it up. And instead of yes, he, he moved to the hash and or moved it off to the left hash because he, he said he wanted it to be like him kicking a field goal. And when you talk about double dink, he wouldn't change <laughs> up his process at all. And at least Cairo recognized he had a problem. He's like, how can I get myself in an uncomfortable position so I can start making kicks again? That's thinking outside the box, trying to make yourself better, not double dink who refused to drive to Soldier Field. All right. All right. By the way, your favorite player then this weekend at Rookie Minicamp? Yeah. Have you done any homework on? No. Andre Schmidt? No. Kicker? Syracuse. Okay. High school. The Schmidt dog? Vernon Hills. Really? Yes. Local kid. Okay. Andre Schmidt. I'm going to start to research 
today. Undrafted free agent. Oh, why you're looking at me like that? You just spent ten minutes talking crap about Cairo. I'm telling you, they have another kicker. Yeah, but you should be excited about this. He's from Vernon Hills. Is he just? He's a cougar. Is he just filling out the roster, or is it a real thing? I don't know. You're the kicking expert who thinks <laughs> Cairo sucks. Well, as you said a second ago, Hogue, you got to put somebody eighth, and I'm going to choose to put Cairo eighth over the cornerbacks. Apparently, you think that Jalen Johnson is worse than Cairo Santos. That is a preponderance of preposterous. Well, we didn't do player rankings. We did positional groups. Well, key guys in that position. Cairo is the key guy in the kicking, and Jalen is the key guy in the corner room. You picked Cairo over Jalen. Okay. Sure. Super chat. Isaac, question out of nowhere today, but I'm going to let Braggs handle this one since this is his expertise. Isaac asked $5, are the Bears going to allow video clips and live streaming of practices this year, you think? Just curious. No, I don't. It's not a team policy or a president policy. It's their social media team. They want to keep the content for them so they can put their stuff out in the time they want. It's not about – everybody always thought it was about the coaches or anything. I think it's more of a social media decision, so – I think they'll just handle it themselves, and that's fine. And I'll play by the rules. There will be some people there that don't, and we'll be able to see some things. But I'm going to play by the rules, have fun at camp, do your thing. That's all I got on it. Cornelius Pryor, 199. Uh, yeah, let's I'm hope they get is Jervon Dexter. Jervon Dexter is going to get six sacks and lead all rookies. Cornelius, we all hope you're right. You got him, my man. And back to the video thing. Let's just hope they get hard knocks. I don't know how many people want it. I want it. I think it would be great. I'm hoping they announce that soon. And then we'll get all the inside look at camp that we all deserve and need. I would love hard knocks. I guess it's going to be the Jets, especially with the way that Aaron Rodgers has been so publicly cleaned up and going to Knicks games and Rangers games and he seems like he's embracing the limelight. I think that's what's going to be. Uh, you know, well, then I won't watch one freaking episode. You know, I can't stand that. I guy. was thinking about the song that was in the uh, Discord earlier today, and we got to "Dust in the Wind." Dust uh, in the wind. So I'm like, you that got- is literally not how that song sounds at all. That was terrible. All we are is dust in the wind. And so then I'm getting. So now you're same old song. I'm gonna just hit the end screen unless. No, but this is but go like, anywhere. but let's 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 go it's out on this. Go let's go out on this with like, because Bragg's talking about training camp and he's there and it's sunshine and the Bears are getting ready to play football and fall mm-hmm. and it's just a beautiful time of the year. So I was just thinking like, just you know like. You know, brags in the stands. No. no. Brags at training camp. You got you got four months to work on this. Yeah. All we need is brags at training camp. <laughs> uh, stay tuned. We have a special episode of Cram and Flag Flags. And cra- flags and Cram Coming overnight. Up. Midnight tonight. The after show. You know how to do it. I would it. love to do it over with you. You can do it on Spaces. Midnight till 6 a.m., the Grobstein special. Don't you do that already? Don't you have, like, an overnight show on Twitter Spaces? Yeah, Spaces. We're on Spaces. Our crazy ace went in one the other day, and he was like, what am I listening to right it's now? It's such like, a bad experience. 
All right. We're out of here. Uh, uh, quick programming note. Next two days are going to be switched up. So tomorrow's going to be a Chicago Audible Thursday. Will and Nick will have you covered at noon. We'll be back Friday special edition late afternoon show. We're aiming for four-ish, but it could be uh, somewhat flexible. But we are going to recap the first day of rookie minicamp. We'll have you covered from everything in house halls. We get to meet the rookies. So that's happening Friday. Next two days. No, you're not invited. (laughs) Fine. I'll have my throat cleared by then. Will and Uh, Nick will talk to you tomorrow.